For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Why do they do this to us, Colts fans? This is not your cardiologist office. This is the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast. I'm your host, Jake Arthur, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Never miss an episode of the show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It helps us greatly. Thank you for joining me today, everybody. On today's show, the Colts moved to 4-2 and two on the season and 3-0 and at home to start the season for the first time since 2010. They started out the game about as awful as possible in a 21-0 deficit in the first half. It was the Colts' largest ever comeback at home in the regular season. They've overcome four other 21-point deficits, but they were all on the road. Sunday was the first time a team has overcome such a deficit in the regular season since the Chiefs did it in 2016. I might take a little bit of superstitious credit for this win because at a certain point in the first half, I just stopped tweeting. I normally will live tweet during the game, but I just literally did not know what else to say after such a flat, awful start. But they would come back to win, and of course, we'll get to that in a moment. Today's show is brought to you once again by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You may not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. The Colts came into this game as 9.5 point favorites, so they didn't cover that, and the game's over-under was 46.5 points, so hopefully you just hammered the over on that one for some reason. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. When discussing some of the main storylines from this game, I'll just start out with some injuries. Of course, Darius Leonard missed another game with a groin injury. Mo Cox missed this game with a knee injury. And Chaz Green missed it with a back injury. As we mentioned, this game started out poorly. The Colts had a nice 20-yard pass to Jonathan Taylor on their first play of the game, and then Jack Doyle fumbled on the very next play and lost it. Cincinnati took that on the ensuing drive and then scored the first of three unanswered touchdowns. The Colts' next two drives were both three and outs. For the second consecutive game, the defense just evaporated and gave up several chunk plays. Not to diminish Leonard's impact, but whether this is the cause or not, you cannot have one player's absence affect a whole side of the ball that much. It's it, Over the past couple week, weeks, it's felt at times like your starting quarterback has been out and you're relying on a backup, but on defense. In each of the last two games, the Colts have given up their worst defensive performance in terms of yards and points. You want to see guys get pissed off about that, about what's going on, 
And it looks like Leonard and Justin Houston rallied the defense together on the sideline to just figure out what was going on and to kind of light a fire under everybody. So I did enjoy seeing that. In the first half alone, the Colts gave up 230 yards and 24 points. However, to their credit, they did get their act together and played much, much better in the second half, since he had just 168 total yards and three points in the second half. The Colts' defense still has some soul-searching to do in the next week during their bye week, so luckily that bye week is coming at a very opportune time. And while he did have one bad interception, this turned out to be a game where the Colts could not afford for Phillip Rivers to not be sharp and to save them and dig them out of a big hole, and he did just that. If we're going to kill him for last week's performance, then he deserves a lot of kudos for this week. For the second consecutive week, the Colts had to abandon the run, but Jonathan Taylor did look pretty good in limited work. And last point, the pass defense stepped up in a big way in the second half. With how many young players they have in the back half of the defense, they had some rocky moments during the game, but guys like Kari Willis, Rocky Yassin, and Julian Blackman made some big plays when they needed it in the end. Offensively, the Colts had 430 yards on 60 plays, that's 7.2 yards per play. They were 7 of 11 on third down, which is 63.6%, and 4 of 4 in the red zone, which is of course 100%. You guys hear me harp on that every week, but those marks on third down and red zone were both season highs for them, so hell yeah to that. Rivers was 29 of 44 passing, which is 65.9%. He had 371 yards for an 8.4 yards per attempt average. Uh, Three touchdowns, one to Trey Burton, Zach Paschal, and Jack Doyle, as well as one interception, a sack, and a 105.4 passer rating. Uh, So probably his best day of the year. Uh, Maybe not efficiency-wise, but total package of the game-wise. The Colts got much more out of Rivers when they were started. Honestly, when they were getting pounded and they had to go up-tempo, and Rivers started looking downfield more. That was a big-time performance from him after the slow start. Uh, His 371 yards were his most since November 2018, and by starting Sunday's game, he now has the second-longest streak in NFL history of consecutive regular season games at 230. Marcus Johnson had another big day. He caught five balls for a career-high 108 yards, Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Paschal, and Trey Burton all caught four balls for at least 54 yards. Burton also had a one-yard rushing touchdown, so it was his breakout day as a Colt. I'm a huge fan of Taylor getting more involved in the passing game as well. Uh, It looked like it was going great there at first first, uh, as their initial play was a 20-yard pass to him. As for Johnson, this guy has been your biggest deep, deep threat since last December. He has three straight games with a catch of at least 25 yards. At some point, you've got to reward that and keep the guy around because he just makes plays. But he's bounced back and forth from the roster, free agency, and the practice squad since training camp. Guys are on your team because you hope they can help you win, and Johnson does just that. I'm not sure they win against the Bengals without him. Those who have fantasy shares of T.Y. Hilton ought to be pretty pissed off today. Uh, He had a couple of 20-ish yard catches that were called back and a short touchdown taken away also. Uh, Him only having one catch for 11 yards was not on him at all. He just as easily could have had a big 100-yard day. He could have had a bigger day than Marcus Johnson. Balls were going to him, but just they kept getting negated. So, yeah, it it continues this brutally slow statistical start that T.Y.'s had, but you have got to look beyond the box score on this one. 
And then as for the Colts run game, they were productive in very short stints uh, when they were actually able to use the run game, but that was rare, like we said. They had 15 carries for 59 yards, which was a 3.9 average, uh, and Burton's touchdown. But Taylor had a nice day, though. He carried it 12 times for 60 yards, which is a 5-yard average. Speaking of Johnson, he spoke with the media following his career day about his journey to get back to the Colts and what it's been like for the last couple of years. Here's what he had to say. Marcus, you've kind of been on a bad end of some injury luck the last two years. Uh, have you ever considered trying to go to a different team and, and, and get somewhere else at, at, since it hasn't worked out with the Colts coming on a training camp? Yeah, these last two training camps have been tough. Uh, but I just had peace, you know what I mean? I, I leaned on my faith during those times. I knew that Indy was a great opportunity, uh, even when I had those setbacks. And it was just God's plan for me to be back here two years in a row. And I'm just thankful. You know, this is my first year being able to stick with the team for a third season. I was in Philly for two years, got traded. You know, so being here third year, uh, building on what, was, what we were able to do last year really helped me just kind of settle in and, and really show what I can what I can be in in this league and on the field. Stephen Holder. Marcus, this, this is probably two years in a row where you have had to really step in and quickly, you know, have an impact. How hard is that to, to come in right away and, and, and make an immediate impact when you haven't been in practice every day or whatever the situation might be? It's tough, but you know, being even last year, second and third year here, when you when you're comfortable with a playbook. It's not hard to get in that groove. So for me, it was just the work ethic. You know, whether I was dealing with injuries and had to rehab to get back or whatever, staying in tune with the playbook and uh, whatever I needed to do. So when that opportunity came, I was ready. And that's what's been showing. And one, one quick follow-up. You, you guys have – you guys made a lot of plays for your quarterback today. I mean, he played great. But but just what does that mean for a quarterback when you guys step up and make tough catches and, and tough catches and, and traffic or whatever the case might be? That's a confidence booster. You know what I mean? You got T.Y., who is, you know, one of the best receivers to play uh, for this organization and one of the best in the league. You have me and Zach. Uh, you, everybody saw what he did last year, and for him to come and have a touchdown today, uh, myself, and hopefully we can get Pitt back soon. But even guys like DeMichael Harris stepping in and Ashton Doolin, <clears throat> we're so versatile. We have different and unique skills, uh, skill sets. And it's really showing, and the coaches are doing a great job scheming us up, and you know, Phil's just slinging it, so it's been fun. We'll go two more here, Jim Ayala. Marcus, we heard Frank said that, that Philip was a in a rhythm, just kind of in his zone. You've probably been around quarterbacks who have been like that before. And again, when did you kind of figure out, man, this guy is in his own today? I'd say probably toward the end of the second quarter, and even when. You know, we only had like eight plays that first quarter. So we didn't really know how to get in that groove. We didn't have an opportunity. But I say toward the end of that second quarter, quarter he was slinging it. And then early in the third, just kind of sitting back in different plays and being able to see him from the sideline, you know, and, and, and us as receivers running around, O-line always doing what they do, uh, one of the best in the league. So uh, JT told Naragi, I just felt like Phil was really comfortable and we were hitting on all cylinders. And like I said, around the end of the second. Were you, were you at all worried you weren't going to develop a relationship with him because of the injuries in training camp? He seemed, he said he seemed to like you, but 
you might have been holding back. Were you, were you at all concerned at any point about that? Not really, to be honest with you. If anything, that was an incentive for me to get back over here because, uh, like he mentioned earlier, when we had the ramp up period, man, it it just felt natural. It it really did. And unfortunately, I missed training cat with uh, with the hamstring and everything. But I'm back and I'm and I'm here now. And like I said, it's like you pick off where you, you pick up where you left off. And for him to be a vet and and me being a deep threat, it, like I said, it's just it's been love these last three games. The Colts defense, as we mentioned, not a great start, but they did settle in. Cincinnati had 398 yards of offense, which is the most the Colts have yielded this season. Uh, they did that on 73 plays, which was just 5.5 yards per play. Uh, they were 8 of 17 on third down, which is 47.1%, and they converted both fourth down attempts. And they were also 3 of 3 in the red zone. Rookie quarterback Joe Burrow was excellent early on before the Colts started tightening things up and pressuring him more often. He was 25 of 39 for 64.1% uh, with 313 yards. That's the fourth time out of six games that he's thrown for 300 yards. Uh, he had no touchdowns and he did have one interception, which was by Colts rookie Julian Blackman. He was sacked twice, once by DeForest Buckner and then a joint sack by Tyquan Lewis and Taylor Stallworth. And Burrow had a pass rating of 78.3. The Colts now have an interception in five straight games for the first time since 2018. And their 11 pass breakups on Sunday were a season high. The Colts held the Bengals to a modest day on the ground. They had 32 carries for 98 yards, which is a 3.1 average and three touchdowns. Uh, Giovanni Bernard had one, Joe Mixon had one, and Burrow had one. Mixon led the way with 18 carries for 54 yards, which is a three-yard average. Uh, he also left the field for a little bit uh, to have his foot looked at. Colts safety Kari Willis led the defense with 10 tackles, which were all solos. Uh, it was a career high for single-game total in tackles, and he had a pass breakup. Kenny Moore had eight tackles and one for loss and two pass breakups. Bobby Okariki had seven tackles and two pass breakups. Uh, Buckner had five tackles, two for loss, and the sack. And then Xavier Rhodes had three tackles and three pass breakups. It was another big day on special teams. Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship hit all five of his kicks. Uh, one field goal from 40 yards and then four extra points. And then Rigoberto Sanchez punted three times for an average of 45.7 yards. And he put one inside the 20, which was a beautiful punt that was downed on Cincinnati's one-yard line. Another young standout player spoke to the media for the Colts after the game. This time it was Julian Blackman answering some questions about this Colts defense and what he was seeing on that last play. Julian, how are they getting so many throws there up the middle early? And did you know that they'd go back there on that last play when you made the pit? Um, yeah, I definitely had a feeling that he was going to go back to the slot. Um, you know, all game that they were, they were gashing us for some good yardage. Um, just trying to get trying to get him comfortable in the offense. So, you know, they were, they were giving him um, easier throws. Uh, uh, we fixed it in the second half and, you know, made the play on that on the last play of the game. Olivia Wright. Julian, I want to know what's going on at halftime when these adjustments are being made. The last two weeks just allowed three points uh, after the break. So what's going on in the locker room? Um, basically, just get back to the basics, um, you know, just 
doing your job, making sure that everybody's uh, taking account for their job. And then, you know, we can, we can take a step after that. But I think that we just had to get back to relaxing and just understanding that we got to get back to how the coach play defense and offense. Zach Kiefer. Julian, six weeks in, have you figured out who this team is? Who are you guys? I feel like every week it's, it's a different look. It's a different feel. And then you go down 21-0 today and it's like, I don't, I don't recognize this team. <laughs> uh, that's, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that we're a team that can handle adversity. You know, we're, we're a team that comes back from, you know, anything, uh, you know, going down 21-0 in the half and then making the adjustments we made to, to get back. I'd, I'd say we're a fighting team. That is it for today, guys. Thank you so much for being with me, as always, after a very nerve-wracking Colts comeback win. Remember, they have a bye week now next week, so your Sunday plans may be a little more open. Please remember to, to subscribe to the show here and rate us on iTunes. We can be found on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Luminary, and more. Follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Believe in Colts. And me personally at Jake Arthur NFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Jake Arthur underscore on Instagram. You can find my written work with Sports Illustrated at allcolts.com. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the show, please send them to me through email at believeincolts at gmail.com or respond when I send out the call for questions on Twitter. If you're interested in advertising on the show, of course, please contact believe at believe.com. I'll have another show for you guys on Friday still that will catch you on up to date on the first part of the cold season along with what to expect after their bye week. We'll have some good guests lined up for you as well. Have a great week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.